0: Hello and welcome to the City Collective Podcast. This is the place where you can hear the latest sermon from our Sunday services and follow-up conversations around teachings
1: within our church. Today we will be expanding on the topic of fasting. My name is Stephen Mossad. And my name is Samuel Ravensburger.
0: Fasting is an ancient spiritual practice that helps us draw nearer to God by abstaining from food for a period of time. Some aspects of fasting that we will discuss today include initial downsides to fasting, the aspects of fasting which include fasting as prayer, our relationship with food, body and image, solidarity with the poor, and we're going to also discuss different ways
1: of engaging with fasting. Pastor Jason is joining us today, and Pastor Jason, hello. Hello. You preached on Sunday about fasting. Mm-hmm. Um, I think probably the big idea that stuck out to me, um, kind of a takeaway, but just this idea that fasting as a practice is not new by any means
2: no not by any means no
1: it's been in the church Mm -hmm. it's been in judaism for literally four millennia but we don't really see it in the western church not at large anyways um and it feels like based on what you were saying we we have in our modern western church lost the significance and importance of fasting um so my question i guess is like why, why is that and why is it important like why why should we invest in a kind of a um reinstituting of this practice in the church?
2: yeah, I think many practices fasting included are are a pushback against the way in which culture wishes to form us, yeah. and for fasting in particular uh we we live in a, a time and age of instant gratification, of self-actualization, of, of convenience and comfort. And the pursuits of all those things is the ultimate purpose of life. That's the way that the world has kind of started to make all things around us go that direction. Yeah. Fasting goes mm-hmm. a different way. Yeah. Fasting is is a submission of our, of our bodies, of our minds, of our desires, of our, of our needs to God, and it's not convenient, <laughs> no. and and it's not comfortable, uh, and I would say that because of that conflict that sits at the core of what we're being formed by in the world. uh, Fasting is just lower on the list of the things that we were going to engage in when it comes to our spiritual practices. Mm -hmm. Uh, Something that's more convenient like just praying uh, before a church service feels like the thing that makes it way easier for me to get closer to God. Whereas fasting, I'm having to give up my... Oh, what, whatever it is, my my steak dinner that I have on Thursday nights that I can't wait for every week because it seems to give me the most pleasure in life. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's these are the things that we have to give up in the midst of it, and fasting is this like willingly I'm abstaining from food for a period of time, and it's I'm abstaining from something that perhaps I really enjoy,
0: and that's hard. Yeah, it's interesting because. It's almost like you're denying your flesh mm-hmm. and denying your body as a whole, yeah. and which goes against the current of our whole Western society. It's all about, like you said, instant gratification. It's about feeding your flesh. What I feel like doing, I am going to do. That's right. And yeah. what I desire, I will do. Mm. And so obviously we get hungry. Obviously we want to eat. Mm-hmm. And then to abstain from food is a direct denial of the flesh. Yeah. yeah. And it's just such a powerful thought a powerful process as well.
2: Yeah, and like you said, process. Uh, practice isn't meant to be the purpose. Practice is our process. It's part of the process. Mm. If, I was, if I'm was, if i so focused on the practice being my everything, then I'm going to miss out on the actual purpose of it, yeah. which is union with God, as it is with all practices. Mm. Um, practices are not meant to be this formulaic way in which I get my perfected image of being with god uh, practices me getting closer to the one who is the righteous the righteous one the holy one the one that invites me into relationship with the father yeah. i i want to be more like him i want to be with him and the only way to do that sometimes is to push away all the distractions around us and engage in the practices like these things like prayer and fasting and sabbath that we might talk about in the future yeah. so it's it's being aware of that and then aware of who I am as a human in the midst of it. Because I like food. Yep, And I, and like you were saying, Steve, like I need food.
0: Yeah. It's a part of being healthy. That's right. It is a part, especially in like today's age, like we're pretty obsessed with our health. Mm-hmm. I don't know about you guys, but like on social media, everything is just like how do I better my health? How do I better my movement, my mobility and all that sort of stuff? Yeah. It's, it's part problem. of your algorithm as well. I'm guessing, yeah. But. Well, yeah, <laughs> that, that makes sense. But um, yeah, so it's like, it's just always on the brain. But yeah. then this idea of how do I abstain from food in a way that is healthy to my body? Yeah. But also extremely healthy to my soul. Yeah. And like I said, it's the, the practice isn't the purpose. It's just part of the process. It's really interesting.
2: It, it's, it's such a interesting thing to look around what dietitians and gyms and everyone's talking about right yeah, now—the yeah. the benefits of fasting, yeah—and intermittent fasting, whether it is like you take a day, a week, a juice fast, a juice yeah. cleanse. Everyone's got something going on right now, and they're like, "Wow, look at all the benefits to our bodies." Well, it. As, as a follower of Jesus I, I would say we should be encouraged yeah. Like God has been inviting us into this practice of fasting from the beginning and it's not for purely this spiritual enlightenment but it's actually for the beneficial benefits of our bodies that yeah. uh, like God cares about our whole being like it's a whole hunger that we're invited into and it's a whole submission of our lives to Christ and fasting does that and there's benefits that take place in the midst of it
1: yeah I mean when when I've kind of thought about judaism for instance and like the law the science that we have today when you apply it back to the laws that god gave to the israelites including things like uh fasting as a practice you can just see like clearly all of the ways that we know now those laws are clearly beneficial for health and yeah. and yeah. not getting sick and and having strength and and all of these things. So
2: yeah. Science being the validation of like biblical practice is yeah. always like a, a beautiful thing to, yeah. to see. It's like yeah. extra nice. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, go ahead. Yeah. And I think it's, um, I like that off the bat we've established that practice isn't the purpose because that it, if it ever does become the purpose, that's where, uh, it becomes highly religious and, mm-hmm. uh, very empty and void. And it's just mm-hmm. at best, it's just a rhythm that yep. like you said in life. And like, it may be beneficial on a physical, like in a physical mm-hmm. way, Yeah. but it's not producing anything healthy for your spirit necessarily. Yep. Yep. And I think that's probably one of the downsides to fasting is mm-hmm. that sometimes we, uh, we try these spiritual disciplines such as fasting and we just, we don't recognize that our heart needs to be there before we actually implement the practice. That's right. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And I think some other downsides of fasting, um, include, uh, just getting hungry, you know, Mm -hmm.
2: um, pure distraction. Yeah.
0: Oh man. What a struggle. Um, do you guys have any experiences you want to share about fasting?
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I've done it a number of times. Um, and it hasn't always gone well. I think often when, when usually, usually God will call me on a fast. I don't normally choose to do it on my own. Um, and most of the time when i've when I've gone into fasting um I do fail because I just want to eat. I get to like the end of day two and it's like <laughs> i I'm just not interested in this anymore <laughs> but a a big piece of it actually too is is the 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 pride that mm. comes from mm. doing something so physical doing something so um Countercultural, so mm. so self-sacrificial for God, you know, quote unquote. Yeah, um, I, I run against that time and time again. I go to fast, and and by the end of day one, I'm just like full of pride and like, look at me, I'm yeah. doing. And it's not like I'm, you know, like Jesus talks about in Matthew six. I'm not like the Pharisees parading. I actually do tend to keep it secret, but just in my own heart i'm i'm i get this sense of i i am doing something for god i am doing something that will Mm. you know accomplish this closeness that i that i Mm. that i'm seeking um so it's twofold i i discover in myself that pride and i like and i kind of give up i get ashamed of my pride if that makes sense and i'm like okay i don't want to do this anymore or I'll just be so hungry and like headaches and like and yeah, it's not like because when I fast, I'm usually the only one. My wife and kids are still eating. So fasting around people who are constantly eating is not easy. makes it even more difficult. <laughs> yes, yeah,
0: seriously.
2: There's, there's a ton of science around the difficult nature of adopting this type of habit. Yeah. that you run into some of those barriers pretty quickly. Yeah. And they like name it as like this J shaped curve that in any kind of adoption of practice or habit at early on in the process, it's going to feel like you have to go down before you start to make your way up. Yeah. Mm. Um, and there has to be something more than the desire to do a practice so that it looks good or feels good or is for myself. There has to be something more that often pushes us past that point. It has to have that purpose yeah. that you were talking about. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And I find, um, Yeah, like trying to get through that lull in the J curve. That's like, that's the real fight.
2: Yeah.
0: And, um, if you're purely doing it for the sake of just doing it, you may get out of it, like get through that lull, but you're just going to be annoyed (laughs) and mad at life. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I, like for me personally, I, um, I started fasting, uh, every Sunday, um, just to create a rhythm, something I've been trying. And, um, So what I do is I fast from Saturday night, so after dinner, no snacks, no nothing, which is quite hard on a Saturday. (laughs) (laughs) And then I'll fast until Sunday dinner. Mm. And um, so I wake up in the morning, usually at church, usually serving. And um, usually that lull in the J-curve is that towards the beginning of your fast. And so for me, I get to distract myself and it's sort of part of my planning and process to be fully engaged at church, be fully engaged with community and get to worship God in that lull. Yeah. So that way I'm not focused on my hunger. I'm not distracted by my hunger. Yeah. I'm yeah. preoccupied with people and with God. Mm. Which is I personally think is helpful. Mm-hmm. Um I know some people are more uh, much better than I am and can just uh, push through it. But um yeah and so I, I get through that lull and then by the afternoon I've I'm in a place where I'm distraction free I can, and I've created this space and this bandwidth in my heart, mind, and soul, and in my body to hear from God. And so I, I intentionally, allot a lot of time to read, to pray, to just commune with God. Mm. And uh, look, I, I'm not going to pretend like I see, you know, angels here, see a cloud rock up in my <laughs> living room speaking to me. <laughs> uh, none of that, but I do feel closer to God. I yeah. am more sensitive to his spirit because mm. I've created that that space in my body. And, um, and so that's one of the ways that I've seen people fast and that's how I currently do it. I've also seen people fast, um, for an intentional circumstance and sort of intercessory in a way. And they partnered that with prayer. Um, yeah, someone, my dad, man, what a guy he's, uh, he's currently 72. He's getting up there in age and, um, he fasts every year for 40 days. What, like an absolute trooper. Yeah, and, um, champion. Yeah, honestly, I, I don't think I would ever be able to pull that off. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's just an absolute legend. And so what he does is he, well, when we were all living at home, he would sit us down and be like, what do you need prayer for? What's going on in your life? Is there something that um I could be praying and fasting for? And so he would talk to us. He would sort of take notes on what to pray for and be intentional in that way. And then he would also speak to you know mom and we'll speak to his siblings and be like how can i support you guys through prayer and fasting and like as a kid i'm like i don't like i didn't get it just eat what's the big deal but then now as i reflect on that i'm like yeah man what a guy yeah my dad is absolutely amazing yeah and we saw some miraculous miracles come through that like healing my one of my uncles had blood cancer because he's a heavy smoker mm. and um he got healed from blood cancer, which is yeah. pretty unheard of. Yeah, and he still smokes. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, look, I didn't know, but that's alright. God's good anyway. Yeah, <laughs> like, God's grace is beyond that. Yeah, <laughs> and so like, yeah, just miracle after miracle, and I think it's just a true testament to it—the power of fasting and mm-hmm. the power of someone who's willing to deny their flesh on behalf of others. Yeah, it's just yeah, it's unreal.
2: Yeah, I, I've I've seen that for my family, whether it's my parents and church experiences growing up. I remember the first time that I fasted, and I think it's worth noting that the age in which you start fasting, it, I think, is important as well. Often in adolescence, they, it's important to make sure that you have proper nutrition and foods as, as you're growing as you're developing so like later in, in my teens I think I fasted for the first time and I remember I was just like hungry didn't have the yeah. right di- <laughs> didn't have the right mentality around it we,
1: yeah. we did a 24 hour fast with uh, uh, you know one of the big you know poverty organizations and the the whole—I mean, I was a teenager. The whole point for me was that we would get burgers at the end. That was the only reason I was doing it. Yeah,
2: and so when fasting becomes about that, then my fa- then my focus isn't uh, communion with God or deepening my relationship. Yeah. It's the it's the meal on the other side. It's yeah. like gratification that I've been putting off. And so, like when fasting isn't focused on the right thing, I think it misses the mark. But when it is focused on the right thing, you get stories like your dad's. Yeah where there's an incredible power that comes out of this place of, I just want to be in relationship with God. And and I think that's a big aspect. We talked about it on Sunday, uh, an aspect of fasting being prayer. Yeah. You know, the partnership of the two things. Yeah, uh, And you, you named some of it. When it comes to our relationships with with our bodies and our image, we're gonna talk about that more, but when it comes to prayer and actually leaning in, Jesus, he he outlines for us in Matthew six that it's not if you if you fast or maybe you'll fast when you feel like it's an okay. It says when you fast, there's this an assumption. <laughs> this is yeah. an assumption that as an apprentice of Jesus, you're you're going to be entering into this practice, uh, and and I think that that is that's purposeful because you look throughout the the biblical literature from from Genesis all the way through Revelation, there is a either it's metaphor, whether it's a picture, whether it's the actual process that's playing out in the text where food is a place in which god provides himself yeah and he provides what is needed and the garden all was given they didn't they they were without want mm. and then you see in the revelation you see a a table set before humanity for all to be able to dine and receive from his table what a gift that is and then we look at the story of uh, the stories of Jesus and we see his his temptation in the desert and the provision that was given to Jesus as he overcame temptation and then you go to the the last supper and you see the the moment where he declares this is my body broken mm. for you yeah take this in this is my blood spilled for you. Take this in. I am more than enough. Yeah. Like what a, what a beautiful picture that's being presented over and over again. So I, I believe that all mature believers are invited to move towards this dis- discipline. Mm-hmm. It's not a command like the Old Testament. Yeah. It, it is different. But it is very much a clear invitation as a follower of Jesus that we've seen him do it. There's a way that he's set before us. We're supposed to lean into it, and it's for this communion with God. It's for this moments of prayer.
1: Yeah, and I, I mean that actually, like one of the difficulties that comes up for me is is hearing a story like S- Stephen's dad. You kind of get this sense of like, oh, so fasting accomplishes these great miracles. Yeah, mm. right, right, right. And, and then and then fasting becomes a method to do that, or or even, you know, the story might be that that he ha- had a great revelation of God's goodness and, and, and in that, in that place yeah. of intimacy. And then it's like, okay, so if I fast, then I will find intimacy with God, or I will be able to heal people. And, and it it would be easy to look at a story like that and be like the reason his, was it his brother, brother-in-law? Uh,
0: my uh, uncle, dad's mom. I mean, he, your mom's, mom's, mom's brother, brother. <laughs> but oh, but the idea that the reason he
1: got healed was just because your dad didn't eat, and then you completely exclude the seeking and the the faith, the the prayer side of it, mm. um, and, and it even the be- power
2: of the spirit in the midst of that. Yeah,
1: absolutely. And it, it, I think I think it's our inclination to look for the easy, yes. to look for okay. So if I just don't eat for three days, then. I can have a closer relationship with God. Yeah,
0: right. And it's uh, it's interesting um, because sometimes, like, we want a sure thing. Yeah, and so sometimes we fast, believing that if I do this, it will equal this. Yeah, Mm -hmm. and that's not necessarily the case. Sometimes we we fast or we pray or whatever it may be, whatever practice we may do. It's like the only guarantee we have is that we will draw nearer to God. Mm. Right, and so that we can be sure of that. Mm-hmm. which is more than enough. Yeah.
2: Sometimes you're not going to hear the audible voice of God exactly, declaring yeah. what you're supposed to do in this next season, whether you've been doing it communally, individually or with a sense of inter- intercession. Like these these moments go by. Maybe you did 40 days. Exactly. Prayer yeah, and fasting. Yeah. All you had was water. You're like, "I put in the work." <laughs> Yo, yeah. I I deserve more than what I got. And so that that posture of understanding oh like yeah intimacy with with God, like being close to God, drawing near to him, even if it was just a small step, what a gift that is. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and I think it's it's important that we assess our heart posture going in. It's like God is not a genie. He does not Mm -hmm. He does not grant us wishes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Our purpose of fasting, prayer, any spiritual practice is to commune with God and grow in deeper intimacy. Yes. And if there are certain things that are heavy on our hearts we petition them but god is our father and he knows best and he'll do what he deems necessary or deems appropriate
2: and then within that practice or with whatever practice we're engaging in because of the gift of the holy spirit yeah it's not the practice that does it but it's us engaging in the practice the holy spirit imbuing power within it you get things like our, our prayer being amplified and aided Hmm. In that practice of, of fasting, because it's it's not just a nice idea that we're doing; it's a whole person. Uh, I've heard it said, a whole person hunger that we're expressing to God. Yeah, that's what's taking place in that moment of partnership of fasting and prayer.
0: And again, it's it's not because we have abstained from food that's that right. God hears us more. That's right. Yeah, it's we've created bandwidth within ourselves yes. to hear and yes. receive God more. Yeah, and so it's not like a God looks down and is like, Oh, he's done this. Extra tick for you. Yeah. You I'm going to listen to you more. <laughs> yeah. It's like, no, that's not the case. No, it's just no there's a lag on our end of the, that's the right. dialogue. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: There's something that happens when, when we abstain and, and we dis we have that relationship with our bodies that when we remove from it one of its cravings, our ability to connect with God just, just expands. Yeah.
2: I, I almost picture it like fasting and and prayer and fasting the partnership of the two it's like helping us break through the walls that we've set around us yeah and in doing so it's not not us going out but it's letting god in
0: yeah more and more yeah
2: Yeah. to release god's plan and purposes and power within
1: our lives and, and for the kingdom so like as we're talking about this it and and we're like the language is very like um not in a negative sense but very lofty spiritual and it can sound like the practice of fasting is for everybody right now mm. um but i think i know your heart jason and our heart like this this question of of engaging with our bodies and the relationship we have with food is very complicated very much so yeah and everybody's relationship with food is vastly different mm-hmm. um and so I know that you wanted to touch on, and I think you touched on your sermon very briefly, just this idea that um, we, don't, we don't always want to like prescribe it because sometimes uh, a, a person's journey with food kind of prohibits that, that it be a healthy, that it be a good thing. So you want to touch on that? Now, the danger of practice being the, the primary purpose mm-hmm.
2: is that we, we misconstrue God's heart and desire behind it. Yeah. Uh, every practice is for the flourishing of humanity. Uh, fasting is, is not meant to just simply make you hungry. Uh, fasting is to be drawing us into that closer relationship. But if fasting is harmful to us physically because of our experience with food and the nature in which we've had this maybe a disorder or, or different things happen in our past then I, I believe that that practice isn't what God desires for us in that moment. Mm-hmm. Now, he wants intimacy. He wants closeness. So there's different yeah. ways that we can abstain, Yeah. Yep. whether it's social media, whether it's TV, whether it's uh, our lunch hours or the, the space of listening to music in the car. What are the different ways we're abstaining so that we can have space to talk with God, whether it's through prayer or listening to God and just having that, that openness to it. Fasting in particular is that is abstaining from food, but there is wisdom and discernment that we're actually asked to operate with. Uh, we've we're in a time and place in our cultural moments that the experience in the east and the experience in the west is even vastly different in how we experience food. Mm. Uh, there is this abundance of food in the Western world, yeah, and it it makes us almost treat food without any kind of care or wisdom mm. it's so readily available that we are we're almost entitled and in that entitlement we have created these really awful relationships with food and we've project projected it on others and our images of our bodies our relationship with how we eat and how much we eat that has been greatly perverted yeah. by the way in which we have been presented this picture of food in our world, and so um, if if you're listening, I, I would say wholeheartedly that if if there is a disorder in your past or if there's something that you're you're facing in your relationship with food, uh, fasting might not be for you right now, and that's okay. Uh, there's there's nothing particularly that God is saying you have to do this to, to get close to me at the detriment to yourself. That's not, that's not no. the God that I believe we follow and the God that we serve.
0: Mm. And I think um, just even that the relationship we have with food in the West, it speaks directly to this, um, even to like the way we perceive our body. Mm-hmm. And that speaks to the theology of the body that that's right. we hold. And like, do we hold the same view of our body as the Bible portrays or as, culture portrays mm-hmm. and i like in the in the bible it portrays that we are one unit we are heart mind soul and that's body, right. and that's it's just right. it's one thing yep and so i think um oftentimes we forget like if i am tired it's because i'm mentally tired i might be emotionally tired but i'm hmm. also physically tired mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. that's something we need to engage with and understand as we fast yeah I
2: well, the theology of the body, it, it leads us to even just practically, we talked about all the benefits that come from fasting. Yeah. The benefits of that are, are great and we see those, but let's, let's actually just look that God wants us to benefit from fasting mm-hmm. physically. Yeah. And so the, the, the counter idea to that is true as well. Yeah. If it is not benefiting you physically, then we have to be aware of that might not be the practice for you. right now that's that's what that theology of the body is is that we're holistic beings and we can't simply think our way into spiritual maturity our discipleship is with jesus we need to take seriously our body as it is a temple for the holy spirit we want to be available and ready temples for the presence of god to inhabit us and work through us in the world that we're
1: in yeah well and i i think like that kind of brings up this this aspect of fasting as as a community where if the whole community is entering into a fast yeah. and uh, like it can feel exclusive if if you don't have that ability or right. if, if there's something about your relationship with your body or with food um, that kind of prohibits that. But I, in thinking about that, I, I think that like, if the purpose of fasting is to, is to take the distraction of food or the time we spend eating and devote ourselves to prayer, to devote ourselves to seeking God. Mm -hmm. I think that if, if you're unable to fast, you can actually just kind of invert the practice to where now the time of eating, when you're actually eating food can become a a place to commune with God. Yeah. The
2: example is communion in the midst of that. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I, uh, I think that even our
2: preoccupation with, with our image, if you feel like you're preoccupi- preoccupied with the way that your body looks or that, that becomes like an overwhelming piece of uh, of your relationship with food, I think we all have uh, <laughs> elements of that that we're facing on a day-to-day basis. Yeah. But if it's completely the piece of fasting that keeps them coming to the forefront, uh, we have to even say it's, that that should be a caution in the midst of fasting as well. Yeah, We want to have wisdom. We want to be discerning about how we uh, how we engage with our body food and our image
1: yeah I one of the uh, fasting uh, seasons that I've that I've gone through I uh, I did I guess you call it intermittent fasting oh, yeah. where basically um, I'd go out to work and I wouldn't have breakfast I wouldn't have lunch I would just so 24-hour fasts basically I just have dinner um, several days out of the week for months and in my own relationship with my body, I thought this is a great way. There was a, a spiritual impetus, but I was like, "This is a great way to, you know, lose some weight, <laughs> to, to shave down the the dad bod." <laughs> and in the like, I think it was maybe seven months of this, twenty wow. four hour fast multiple times a week. I not only didn't lose any weight, I gained weight during that time, mm. and it was kind of God's like. The way I took it was, it was like his little, like, hey, <laughs> this was your motive. <laughs> and, it's going to hurt And made. this is who <laughs> I am. <laughs> I'm going to make you more full. I'm going to make you. Mm. Uh, extra dad. <laughs> extra extra dad. dad. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah and I,
0: I think you touched on it before, just the, um, the idea that we can do this as a community. Mm-hmm. And it's like, there's also a way that we can stand in solidarity with the poor as a church, as a a group of fellow Christians and fellow disciples of Christ. Yeah. And so it's interesting because in the West, um, yeah, many of our struggles is about food abundance, but it's a direct contrast to a lot of the world where there is a lack of food. Yeah, And so I think it's important that we stand in solidarity with them. And like, I don't know, oftentimes we think of like, um, we try to, like we're aware that there is poverty in the world. We're Mm -hmm. aware that there's um, a lack. And so like, oh, thoughts and prayers with you guys, which is great, but we can actually do something. We can actually be active in the way we stand with them. And so, yeah. What are your thoughts
1: on that? I mean, I think of Isaiah 58 where God uh, basically rebukes the Israelites because they were fasting. Yeah. You know, they were, they were making a big show of it, humbling themselves, themselves, the whole deal. And he's like, it's 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 worthless. It means nothing because the fast I desire is that you would uh, care for the poor, that you would you mm-hmm. would, you know, free the chains of the oppressed and um, care for the widow and the orphan and, and and there's there's this idea of fasting where, you know, because it has so much to do with our connection to food and, and our relationship with our bodies, there's this idea that like fasting is untethering from our earthly reality so we can align ourselves with God. God's heavenly will, mm. God's reality. And in that place if if we're fasting and there's no, you know, picture of heaven coming out of our life, yeah. then it's not a true fast. It's I mean it's a physical fast, so in that sense it's, you know, it's it is the practice but it's not true in God's sense it's not true in in, in terms of his heart and and why he has instituted it as an as an aspect of our faith
2: the, the words of Jesus on the sermon on the mount don't suddenly stop being applicable in the moment of a fast because yeah we're we're focusing on ourselves so yeah <laughs> I, I think that when i have done fasts in the past and even as it became more of a regular practice I really had a difficult time thinking of it outside of a simply individualistic practice.
1: Mm.
2: When in reality, it is is meant to be something that is taking place within me, around me, and through me. It's mm. it's, it's it's like God. God is simply seeing that there's a there's an opportunity to transform the world. Step into it. And so I, I, I think about fasting now when we're talking about solidarity with the poor. Solidarity can be just this idea of pity that glances over us and we think of yeah. it as a nice idea. Oh, During my fast this week, I prayed three times and two of the three, I prayed for the poor. That's not what we're talking about when we say solidarity with the poor. We're talking about the physical action of caring for the poor with our, uh, with our time and with our finances. So for example, uh, you could be taking the money that you would have spent on the food mm. that you're abstaining from during the week and giving that to uh, giving that to the poor giving to the to yeah. an organization that's supporting those in need and then taking that a step farther the time that you would have spent eating mm. instead of just Committing that to sitting around and thinking about God, go and do the things of God as well. Go and serve in an organization. Go go, be partnered with good things taking place around us. That's solidarity. That's being like Christ, stepping into the world, not just sitting on the sidelines with a pitiful look.
0: Yeah, and like, uh, <laughs> to be honest, I spend a lot of time eating. So like, you know, that's um, that's a lot of time. And yeah. all, but like, on a serious note, it's like, we don't realize how much of our lives is occupied by food. Yeah. Like time, money, effort, energy, all these things. And yeah. it's like if we put a pause on that as we fast and we realign that to doing God's work in the kingdom, we will make a massive impact Absolutely. on our community, on our city and like on in the world to be honest. It's transformational. Yeah, 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 it's huge. And like it it just helps us realign with the heart of God for the for the for the children, for the poor, for yeah. the widow, and yes. it's like, how do I actually help them? Yeah, yeah, in in real time, in reality, not just in my polite thoughts or like you know, just like oh my thoughts are with you. Yeah, no, what do I do about that? Yeah,
1: because there's a there's a very strong theme in scripture that yeah. points us to when we imitate the actions of Christ on the cross. Which is to say, when we lay our own lives down, and fasting is mm-hmm. kind of a, a a momentary, like a a physical way to do that—to to sacrifice something that we desire mm-hmm. um, for the sake of, of becoming more like and, and discovering more of who God is. When we do that, when we engage in in that aspect of um, of what it is to be a Christian, to to be to be measured with, to be to be. Uh, found in Christ on the cross, in that sacrificial love, um, there's something I think almost mystical that happens, mm. where like heaven and earth become one, and in in, in and and ju- injustices become justice, mm. and and that does manifest in like like you say, giving alms to the poor and 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 doing these specific um, practical things, but I think there's something that happens in the spiritual realm too where when we lay our lives down in mm-hmm. imitation of Christ, things move and, and principalities are, are torn down and, and and things like that.
0: Yeah, so I think, um, you know, as we're talking, we're talking about what can we do practically to help yeah. the poor and stand in solidarity with them. I guess in the heart of practicality, mm-hmm. um, what are some ways we can engage with fasting? Mm. Do you want to touch on that, Pastor Jason?
2: Yeah, Within the fast, like we said, you could be taking some of the money that you would have been used for fast, uh, for food and be committing towards an organization. And if you can name an organization, and maybe it's you need to be talking with us uh, at the church about an organization we're partnered with, but you know what they're doing, like specifically uh, something they're engaging in, that can be part of your prayer rhythm as well. Uh, we're, we're not looking to just uh, make it all siphoned off into different areas. It should be one holistic experience of okay, I'm gonna give of my time, I'm gonna be committing in my prayer life, I'm going to then also go and find a way to serve. And so name an organization, find a way to be generous, uh, and then go from there and find a way that you can give of your time time mm-hmm. as well. This isn't a novel idea. This is yeah. this is us returning to the ways that the early church interacted in their community. Things like almsgiving was common practice. And they would they, and it wasn't even just the things that they would do in the midst of eating it was when they were cleaning it's when they were preparing that whole experience that time was given towards caring for the poor Mm -hmm. that's Mm -hmm. true solidarity Mm -hmm. and that's the way in which we can do that so within your practice of fasting to name one organization is a partnership of generosity into our fasting just like prayer is a partnership into our fasting as well
0: Mm. and yeah so i guess um some ways we can engage with fasting just in your own personal practice. Um, I think it's important that we obviously have a good biblical understanding of what fasting is, but also just what's our heart and what's our motive. Mm-hmm. I think it's a good place to start. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, well, so what are some steps that you would recommend if people want to start engaging with fasting?
2: Yeah, I think that there needs to be a clear plan in place Uh, without a purpose and plan. It's not biblical fasting. It's just going hungry. And so we want to be able to do things well. And so start small. Find a way in which you can incorporate that into your story, especially if you've never fasted before. Whether it's uh, one meal in a day, whether it's one day doing it with people, make sure that there is a small step that you're willing to take then plan what you're going to do instead of eating. You're not just not eating and then sitting on the couch and watching TV. Mm. You're you're setting aside that time in which you're not eating to pray, uh, to be listening to God, to be having space in which you can commune with, commune with the Father. Yeah. Know yourself in the midst of that. Be aware of some of the different things that you might find challenging. Like we mentioned, if there is uh, challenges in your relationship with food, be aware of that in the commitment that you make. And then pick your means and your method. Uh, if food is the avenue for fasting to take place, great. Um, if that's not a relationship that's healthy, then I would say find something else to abstain from and commit to that process or a period of time and make that part of your practice. Uh, there's lots of different ways we name some of them. We were happy to talk about more of those different opportunities if you're curious in your own practice. And then finally, uh, make sure that your focus is on Jesus and not focus on being hungry. Uh, that's part of the process of making sure that our hearts are set in the right direction. But I think it's a, it's a beautiful practice. It's an ancient one that can be transformational on an individual and a community level. Cool.
0: Yeah. Well, gents... I think that's it for us. Uh, thank you, Pastor Jason and Sam, for having that conversation, and um, we hope that was beneficial to everyone listening. Um, so we've got some resources that will be that we'll show in the show notes. Um, a great resource is a podcast by Bridgetown Church, and it's uh, by Bethany Allen, and she sort of talks about fasting amidst, um, you know, having an unhealthy relationship with food, or if that's something you're experiencing, we highly recommend that. Um, We've got some content on our website about prayer and fasting, so we highly recommend that. Um, And another great organization who's done great work on spiritual practices as a whole is Practicing the Way, and this is fronted by John Mark Comer, who's a brilliant mind. And um, yeah, so you can find all those details in the show notes. And yeah, thank you for listening, and we'll catch you on the next one.